you for joining our efforts for corporate family prayer through We Are Family Prayer Line. This is Eleanor Roden with a guest author, Minister Janice Preston Clark. Hi, family. Minister Clark is our sister in Christ. Mark 335 NIV defines family as whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Family, we are on a mission to lift up the name of Jesus and encourage families to do the same. Jesus told us in John chapter 12, verses 31 and 32, Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up, from the earth will draw all people to myself. So, family, we must be about the commission given to us by Christ. Let the love of Christ in us overflow to others that they ask, what must I do to be saved? As the jailer did to Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, verses 28 through 31. That's what the prayer line is doing tonight by talking to Minister Clark as she encourages us to know we are more than our issues to God because our issues are covered by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And it is for our salvation because Christ paid for our relationship with God to be reconciled so the gospel of Christ must never be forgotten because it will never lose its power. And tonight, family, we have an opportunity to hear from Minister Clark. Thank you for joining us, Minister Clark. You are so welcome. It's a blessing to be here. And family, I had the opportunity to read her book titled, I've Got Issues, But I'm Covered. This book may be purchased on Amazon.com and Walmart.com. You will hear how this book is life-changing to women especially and men as well. Even the cover speaks volumes as to move your spirit in the direction that the Lord would have it to be. Minister Clark, what inspired you to write this book? To God be the glory, first of all. And the inspiration, of course, came from God. And I just want to share a portion of the introduction with you all on this evening because I went through the majority of my life not knowing how to love myself. I never felt like I was worth very much. I always felt that I was not pretty enough, smart enough, or even good enough. So as I wrote this book, it was very difficult for me to silence the voice that kept saying to me, it's not going to be good enough. No one is going to read it. You're wasting your time. But I had to remind myself, as I remind you, that I don't have to wear the labels that other people put on me. I do not have to worry about what they will say about me. And I don't even have to worry about what my haters will say because Jesus loves me and he reminds me that I am because he is. And because I know who I am, because Jesus knows who I am, I'm enough and I'm covered. I know who I am because I know the great I am. Hallelujah. So therefore, family, I need you 
to silence the voice inside of your thoughts that whisper you are not good enough. Amen. Stop answering to the labels other people put on you. Accept God's grace and no longer allow your past failures to define or confine you. Walk in the sure-footed confidence of God's unconditional love, knowing that you are worth more than the money in your bank account. You're worth more than the number of friends you have on Facebook. You're worth more than the number of followers you may have on Instagram or Twitter. You're worth more than the number of meetings, appointments, and speaking engagements on your calendar. You are worth more than your successes or failure. You're worth more than your level of education, the price tags in your closet. You're worth more than the accomplishments or lack of them. You're worth more than the little bitty sparrow that God watches over because just as God watches over the sparrow, he watches over you. So when you hear the whispers of the devil invading your thoughts, telling you that you're not good enough, reject it and replace it with the truth of God's word which says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am redeemed. I am chosen. I am royal. And I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So the inspiration to write the book came from God and God alone. Because, you see, I stepped out on my own to try to write the book, but it wasn't time. And so nothing would come. I couldn't put pen to paper. I had no thought. All I had was this inkling inside that I needed to write the book. But when God said it was time, believe that he provided me with everything that I needed to put the book together. Because along the way, I wrote different portions of the book. And at the time that I wrote them, I didn't know that they would be a part of a book. Um, But when God speaks, you have to listen. You have to know that God is speaking. And you may wonder, well, how do I know God is speaking? God speaks through his word, which is the Bible. That is so true. And he says that his sheep will know his voice. Amen. So as you read the Bible, as you study the Bible, as you meditate on the Bible, That is God's word, and God's not going to tell you anything that does not line up with his word. He will send people to confirm it. You may read something that you'll get confirmation from. You may hear a song on the radio that will confirm what God has placed in your spirit. But I remind you that God will never send a person to you to say, God told me to tell you if he hasn't already told you. So when you know God's word, when you study God's word, God will confirm his word for you. Amen. One of the things, and I don't know if I stated it, family, but Minister Clark, the book club that I participate with, we were so blessed by this book. When we read it, one of the things that you recognize immediately is the way that she makes you feel comfortable by calling us sister in the book. And as she presents the stories of different people in the book, that is so relevant for today. Would you be able to share one of many highlights in the book that sisters can use? One of the reasons I use the word sister, and I spell it S-I-S-T-A-H-S, 
simply because I wanted the book to have a warm, personal feeling. So when I talk to my sisters, they know I'm talking from my heart. When I call you my sis, you know that I'm speaking from my spirit. And I can only speak from my spirit as God speaks to me. And everything in this book, I pray, will be a blessing to somebody because I tried to ensure that it lined up with God's word. I've used different stories of the women in the Bible in this book. I use the women in the Bible because nine times out of ten when we are in church on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whenever we may go, we hear a lot about the Apostle Paul. We hear about John the Baptist. We hear about the prophets of old. We hear from a male perspective. But I tell you, there are many, many, many women in the book, and they all had issues. They have issues that we as women can relate to. Tamar, in Genesis, she dressed up like a prostitute to seduce her father-in-law so that she may have a child. There's a second Tamar in Second Samuel. She's King David's daughter. She was raped by her half-brother. Her father, who was King David, did absolutely nothing about it. We hear about the likes of Queen Vashti, Queen Esther. Vashti, you only hear of the the first chapter of Esther, it tells her story. She was the king's wife, and he wanted her to parade around naked before his guest at a party that he threw. Queen Esther, she was an unlikely candidate even to be queen. She was from a foreign land. She was from Moab, as a matter of fact, but uh, the king didn't know it. But she became queen, and because of her influence as queen, she was able to save her people. So there are stories in the Bible that we don't often hear about, but we can relate to as women, because nine times out of ten, you know, something that we read in the Bible, if it hasn't happened in our family, we know of someone that it has happened to. And so in this book, I try to use those stories, you know, because we do hear about the woman with the issue of blood, but that's not the only woman in the Bible that had an issue. There was a woman bent over for 18 years. And you see, these women don't have names because it could be you, it could be you, it could be you, it could be me. So when we begin to read the Bible and I begin to read these stories, as I begin to minister to women, I was hearing these stories from these women that I'm ministering to, but they had no idea that these things had taken place in the Bible. So as I wrote this book and I did research about the women in the Bible, God just opened up the sky and gave me the direction that he wanted me to take with this book. So I'm praying still that this book will be impactful to those that will read it going forward because, again, There are stories in the Bible that we may never read, but I pray that through this book, you will pick up the Bible and begin to read those stories because I've outlined them. Some of them I've gone into great detail. Some I just kind of gave light detail, but their stories are in the Bible. Amen. That's one of the parts of the book that really influenced me because nothing new under the sun has happened, and I found... The reading of the book, it just really made me feel empowered. It's okay. You got issues, but because the characters in the Bible also had issues. (laughs) Absolutely. And more importantly, 
<laughs> and they're covered, and they're covered by the blood. And I really also like the way that you shared about Hannah and how you mm-hmm. titled that chapter, Weak or Wise, You Choose. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the story of Hannah, Hannah was barren. She couldn't have any children, but she was married to Elkanai, who also had a second wife, Penaniah. She, Penaniah, could have children. Hannah couldn't have children. So Hannah cried and cried and cried and cried. People thought she had lost her mind. Her father-in-law even accused her of being drunk in the temple because he saw her talking to herself. But she wasn't actually talking to herself. She was praying to God. She was crying and she was praying. So I asked the question, are you weak or are you wise? Because oftentimes women particularly are looked at as weak because they tend to cry a lot. But I surmise that Hannah was strong because she knew where her help came from. And so she continued to pray and she continued to cry out to God because she knew that if she prayed and she prayed and she prayed, God would eventually answer her prayer. So I asked the question because as you pray, I don't know about anybody else, but I often cry out to God. I am often crying because of some situation or circumstance or issue that I'm dealing with. But in my crying, I am praying. I am crying out to God, God, come and see about me. So I ask that question because if, as if you think about it, like I said, when you cry, people often think you're weak. When you don't retaliate, people think you're weak. Hannah was picked on by her husband's other wife, but she never retaliated. All she did was cry and pray out to God. And so I asked the question, was Hannah weak or was she wise? And again, I surmised that she was wise because she knew where her help came from. So she cried out to God. And, you know, again, people may look at you as weak because you're crying all the time or because you're praying all the time. But don't get caught up on what they think about you. No. What God says, he says, the effective, fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. So in your crying and in your praying, know that God is listening. Keep on crying and keep on praying because it is in your crying that you get your strength. So you choose whether you're going to be weak or wise because, again, God will use the weak to confound the wise. Amen. And what a perfect lead in to prayer. And I'm hoping that you will pray for us tonight as we have been enlightened and encouraged through looking at women in the Bible and the way that your book just really makes a connection, not only for just women, but men can benefit from this too. So if you would just pray for us, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Amen. To God be the glory. Well, before I go into prayer, I just want to thank you, Sister Roden, for this opportunity, and I thank your family for even listening. And I pray that something that I've said, or maybe if they get the book, something that they'll read, will bless them. But I'm grateful and thankful to God, as always, for every opportunity God gives. So let us pray. 
Eternal God, our Father in heaven, we come right now in the name of Jesus, crying out to you, Lord, come and see about us, oh God, because God, this pandemic has shaken the world. Lord, it's shaken families, Lord God. And so, God, we're crying out to you this evening for this family, Lord God, asking, Father God, that you would cover them and keep them in the midst of their trials and tribulations, God. God, we know that we all have issues, but we believe on tonight that we're covered by the blood of Jesus. We believe on tonight that Jesus was crucified, that we might have a right to eternal life. So, God, we're praying right now in the name of Jesus that you cover the family, Lord God, and continue, Lord God, to be an ever-present help in their time of trouble, oh God. So, God, I ask if you would continue to lead God and direct Sister Roden, Lord God, as you have, and continue to bless and keep her, Lord God. Continue, Lord God, to be her strength when she is weak, oh God. And now, God, I ask if you would, just allow the Holy Spirit to fall fresh on this family as you see fit, oh God. God, we offer up this humble prayer in the precious name of Jesus as we say amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. How blessed we were to have another member of the family, whether it's by blood or it's the blood of Jesus. Truly, Minister Clark is family, and we thank you so much for listening. And to another We Are Family prayer line, until next time, read her book titled, I've Got Issues, But I'm Covered. This book may be purchased on Amazon.com and Walmart.com. Goodbye. Bye-bye.